everybody, it's me, Lindsay. I want to talk about some pro wrestling stuff. And to begin with, I think that uh, something that I have to tell you that even even Tony Khan needs to pay attention. <laughs> because I want to t- go over the New Japan sh- New Japan event known as New Japan Resurgence. Apparently, the New Japan and um, Twitter, one of their Twitter accounts, the global Twitter account, which is for English, uh, just tweeted this out, out just recently. And I'll, before I do that, so make sure to please enjoy this podcast. Understand, I'm trying to get my, uh, I'm trying to get my, um, ad revenue back on again. And somehow Spotify turned it off because they changed the rules. Boo! Anyway, so make sure to listen through the whole entire podcast, and also make sure to listen to my other pod, other pod, the other podcast episodes. Make sure, and also share with everybody. Okay, okay, okay. So, for this, this, this part of the pro wrestling fan blog podcast. I just want to give everybody to let you guys know. If you guys are not on social media, what the heck? But anyway, New Japan Pro Wrestling just tweeted out on their Twitter, one of their Twitter accounts, which is NJPW Global. And yes, it's verified. And it says here, hashtag and first. Congratulations to Willow Nightingale, the first ever hashtag NWG, NW, sorry. Uh, NJPW Strong on Women's Champion. Order the hashtag NJ Resurgence replay now. Holy smokes. For those who are wondering, and yes, apparently New Japan Pro Wrestling decided to hold a tournament to it for the women to crown the first ever for New Japan and Pro Wrestling's Strong Hung 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 Women's Champion. And the four of them (coughs) (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Oh boy. Sorry. That was weird. The four women who set into the who was set to wrestle uh, uh, was are the following. And we have a wrestler known as Momo Kohigo, uh, uh, Stephanie Vakur, and apparently. Mercedes Van Mercedes Fernanda, aka Mercedes Monet, and uh, Miss Willow Nightingale. Yeah. and apparently Willow and oh and um, Mercedes made it to the finals between us, and the two ladies fought real hard. Hard. <coughs> And in any way, it ended up with, as I see a clip from that's been shared by Draven, who's on, who's 
Twitter account as Wrestling Covers. Uh, t- just shared this. It's from somebody who shared this. <laughs> and they said, it, let me read you the person who he shared it out from. It says, Death Bomb and your new NWG. Sorry, NW, sorry, NJPW Strong Women's Champion Willow. Uh, that's Miss Willow Nightingale, boys. And Draven says, Will just won the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Women's Championship. Mercedes injured her leg, egg slash knee. So unfortunate, heartbreaking. Hashtag NJ Richards. So, yes. Um, so, Willow went. So, Miss Willow Nightingale just went for the. Uh, went for some kind of. of they said. This guy says death bomb. I'm not sure if that's the right thing. Um, she probably got for. It almost looked like a. It almost looked like. It almost looked like a. Uh, she almost could done something like. I don't know. From what I could tell, it looks like she actually tried to go into. I don't know why somebody said it was death bomb. I think she was trying to do. Oh, and sit down, power bomb. <sighs> um. Anyway, because of that, uh, she le- put she, because of that sit down power bomb that got her the uh and the, went for the three count and won. Um. And yes, <laughs> it sounds like to me that uh. Essentially, to me, Mercedes is on the in- is now on the injury list, so I hopefully she'll recover from this. Now I noticed about Mercedes ring gear, and it almost it almost looked very unique. Um, much as when she debuted for New Japan, and anyway. Um, apparently a lot of her fellow wrestlers, there's both the male and female, are congratulating, um, her. Especially I got this notification right now from Rocky Romero. (laughs) He tweeted it, congratulations at Willow Wrestles. Anyway, I saw my friend Carrie tweeted that. I was like, holy crap. And anyway, she says here, really happy for at Willow Wrestles right now. Pure soul who deserves the world. And she's crying. (laughs) And I said, agreed. I saw the tweets. She earned it. Tony Khan needs to take notice. (laughs) I mean, no offense to Tony Khan. I know he wants to keep things going, but come on, Tony. We need a. I mean, no offense to Jay Cargill, but this, I mean, Jay Cargill's getting a little bit stale almost about every day. And I think it's time you have to have another champion. I mean, put the belt on Willow for fruit's sake. <laughs> Because otherwise, this is really crazy how much, uh, much, uh, a lot of tension is happening for, um, (coughs) for everybody. (coughs) Mm. Anyway, 
I'll try to go over the rest of the results. Anyway, and besides that, New Japan tweeted out, out on their global Twitter account saying, Thank you to our stunning crowd in Long Beach tonight. See you June 25th in Toronto, along with at AEW for Forbidden Door and promoting Ash the website aewtix.com and hashtag aewx new japan pro wrestling so the so the next so i'm not sure if this is kind of confirmed yet but unless i'm wrong but as far as i can tell you right now oh aew is up to something and with a with another night I don't know what the heck's going on, but it says here in this Twitter account uh, from AEW, they says, as announced at the Warner Brothers Discovery 2023 upfront present presentation today, TTA will launch a second night of professional wrestling with the two new hour series, hashtag AEW Collision, starting Saturday, June 17th, 8th at live at 8 p.m. 7 Central on TNT Drama. And I'm like, hold up. You mean two or three? Because as far as I know, there's AEW Dynamite, uh, AEW uh, Rampage, and now they're going to call this AEW Collision. I'm like, straight away, this is straight up confusing. So, in other words, this is actually a third... Yeah, this is misleading. Whoever tweeted this needs to be fired. Because I'm trying to read the uh, press release, and it's, it's, but I guess they're referring to as the as the second show, even though both TBS and TNT are owned by Warner Brothers Discovery. Um, so in other words, they're releasing three T, they're, they're putting up three shows on two different networks. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So. So yes, <laughs> um, yeah, I got confused. Anyway, um, but I don't know. And plus, they're more. I haven't seen anybody tweeted out for the upcoming, um, upcoming. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen tweets for the upcoming uh, Forbidden Door. So. Who knows when this could happen, but, um, also for new, also, um, also, but I know that AEW is mostly looking forward is to wrestling over in the United Kingdom in their first ever wrestling show. Oh, and I think they're, and I was wondering why is it, and I find out it's taking place at one of the arenas, but it's not near... And I thought it was going to be at, um, where, uh, if you guys don't know, or, or already do know, um, Tony Khan and his family, especially his father, um, which is mostly his father, owns, um, uh, <laughs> um, Fulham, um, FC. It's otherwise known as a, otherwise known as... Fulham uh, Football Club or Fulham Soccer Club. Um, and apparently the arena in the uh, they played in is at, um, or I should say, um, yeah, it's football. It's a 
uh, soccer stadium, football stadium, in is called Craven Cottage, and apparently the uh, capacity for it is about twenty two thousand three hundred eighty four. So I know most of you guys are saying, so where the heck is so where the heck is AEW is heading? If it's not at uh, Cravenmore Cottage. <sighs> Apparently, Even though this is really awkward. Um. <sighs> How do I say this? AEW is most lo- likely going forward to. Um. It's, they're. T- they're. They're going to be. T- going at. Um. Going to be in. I'm trying to think. I think it's taking place in <clears throat> I think it's taking place in uh how do I say this? I think it's in jeez, I don't remember. Jeez, I'm going to try to look up this. I know I saw a tweet from Tony Khan. I just don't remember. Oh, yeah. Wembley Stadium. And apparently... (laughs) Apparently, so... And on top of that, um... However, Tony Khan, I guess as I see the tweets, Tony Khan also is focusing for upcoming Double or Nothing and, of course, the Forbidden Door with New Japan. So it might, so there might be a lot of things to talk about also. But um, for now, uh, yeah, so that's what I can say about it. But anyway, uh, but seriously, I'm just saying that, you know...
what are we having? So, kind of crazy to talk about. <laughs> Alright, you know what? I'm going to go over the New Japan Pro Wrestling um, resurgence card. Because I'm just finding out how this happened. Alright, so, the matches, I'll be reading off what Dove from Fightful says here. Um, yep, so, this was posted by Robert uh, DeFelice, who tweeted out, no, who should, no, not tweeted out, who put together the article for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Thanks. Thanks, resurgent. From the Walter Pyramid in Long Beach, California. Anyway, so this is how it started off with. So the pre-show had Bateman versus the DKC. Um, it says here DKC gets the advantage and Bateman goes outside to regroup. When the action goes back inside, Bateman begins to overpower DKC and takes some control. Bateman managed to keep DKC Okay, seat down until he finally starts to get back into the fight with some quick shrieks and a cannonball. Oh, the action swings back in favor of Bateman again, but DKC gets in your fall. It gets in your fall with a crucifix driver. Eventually, <laughs> DKC pins Bateman with a crucifix. Shouldn't it say DKC won the match? But it says Bateman. Oh, jeez. Anyway, here's another pre-show match. Christopher Daniels versus Alex Coughlin. Christopher Daniels refused to shake the hands of Alex Coughlin. Coughlin continues to overpower the veteran throughout the match, but Daniels is able to use the ring to his advantage. It's hot-shotting Coughlin on the ropes. Daniel hits the Angel Wings, but only gets a one. Coughlin eventually gets the win with a version of the Elevator. Ooh, that's spicy. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it says here, Fred Rosser introduced a video for the New Japan Pro Wrestling Academy, the show on intermission before the proper start of the main card. <laughs> so, I, so, and before I continue, it says here the mighty don't kneel. Now, before I'm about to say something, speak about one of them, I think one of them ended up getting married. I want to just point that out to you. Because I, I think he still is. And I think I saw it from somebody. But to my shock, it's actually someone who I follow. Apparently, it's Shelby Young who tended the, um, the wedding. And apparently, if you guys don't know who she is, um, she's a voiceover artist. Is, um, 
Yes, I started to follow her on TikTok, but then after the whole entire, oh, uh, like, oh, TikTok's about to be, TikTok needs to be be banned because of the, uh, uh, because cause the Chinese government is spying on us. Where's the proof? Ugh. Anyway. Hey, so I started to end up following her on, uh, <laughs> On Instagram, and apparently, she... <laughs> when I saw her, I'm like, "Wait a moment, what are you doing at this wedding?" And I guess she knows the one who says Kimi does stuff. Apparently, she it says here she's an actress, <laughs> but apparently, she ended up marrying Shane Haste. I'm like, wait a moment, the Shane Haste? And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> so, I wonder if New Japan ever acknowledged that. Actually, who's on, I'm wondering who's on cast. I wonder who was commentator, probably Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman and our usual suspects for Ring of Honor. <laughs> um, hang on. Let me just make sure I'm not going crazy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh great, doesn't mention he's got married. <laughs> uh But for those who are wondering, yep. Uh so first of all, uh <laughs> So first of all, um shout out to the one and only uh, Shelby Young who did the wedding thing. <laughs> apparently she was in the vi apparently she's in the video and I'm like oh boy. So uh, so yeah I guess you can say that Shelby knows uh, the bride and <laughs> this is so weird and I'm the only one who knows the groom. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so, I just had to make sure, or so, yeah, Zack Sabre Jr., and anyway, apparently, it says here, the money don't kneel, but it's bad dude Tito and New Japan World Television Champion Zack Sabre Jr. versus Barbero Kit. Cavernaro and Virus. So, for those who are wondering, I'm just clarifying who they're referring to. It's Bad Dude Tito and Zack Sabre Jr., not Shane Hazden, uh, Mikey Nichols, because, <laughs> because thank you to Shelby for sending out the uh, posting on Instagram. Thank <laughs> you.
this this is a weird 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 situation anyway <laughs> uh where was i okay yeah okay so here stack senior jr and bars start the bout trading holds they go back and forth but zebra jr gains the upper hand with a neck twist tito and kevin naro tagged in kevin R does some push-ups but Shoulder blocks from Kavanaugh have no effect on Tito. Tito trips over Kavanaugh, who gets it back into the action. Eventually, Tito slaps Kavanaro. It says here the mighty he don't kneel. Eventually, isolates Virus and grounds him. Virus is, is able to tag out. Zack Zaber Jr. tries to choke out Cavanaro from the apron, but Virus intervenes. Virus and Cavanaro double team Tito. <laughs> Jeez. It's this year, uh, Zaber Jr. and Cavanaro are both out, uh, prowling a hammerlock suplex. Uh, Saber Jr. goes for an ink lock, but Virus escapes. They trade shots. Virus drops Saber Jr. with the clothesline. Teeter, Toe, and Saber Jr. tag and, and trade shots. Tito receives a two count with a blue thunder bomb. Cavanaugh locks into a submission, and Virus prevents Saber Jr. from breaking it up. Tito taps out. Winners, Barbara. Cavanaro and virus. first match between uh, for the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Women's title. Now, understand, I already mentioned the spoilers for the, of how that ended up, but apparently for those wondering how that went, um, it says here, Stephanie Vickler versus Mercedes Monet. And with some reason, Defelice forgot to put the tilde in the E. Hey, seriously. Anyway, it's this here, Monet and Vic Queer uh, battle it. Vic Queer gains an early advantage, but Monet fought, fights back and traps her into a crossface. Monet hits a springboard wrist lock takeover, and Vic Queer locks her in a hanging arm bar. Monet hits a metroa on the outside and gains the upper hand. Vic Queer eats. <laughs> Eat oh headbutts, bro. Jeez, it says the I said eat. I'm like reading. It says eat butts, and no, it meant headbutts. Uh, it's Monet and goes for a knee attack, but but Mercedes move. Merce <laughs> Monet moves. Monet goes for a crossbody, but Vecker uh counters and locks into a crossface. Monet rolls through a pin and attempts to go for the Monet maker. But Vicker blocks. Monet hits the long blower and follows it up with the Monet maker for the win. So that's what happened with Mercedes Monet. Now 
Oh, excuse me. Now, for the second match, match they had what it says here, Willow Nightingale versus Momo Kogo. And it says here, Willow Nightingale and Momo squares off. And the match is even early on. Nightingale dumps Kogo with a slam and hits a crossbar while Momo hits a fisherman suplex for the two count. Willow hits a cannonball in the quarter. Momo counts there's a powerbomb into her karate, hits a DDT, and gets a near fall with a crucifix strider. Willow drops Momo with a spine buster. Nightingale hits a Death Valley driver for a two count. Uh, Willow wins with a doctor bomb. Um, and it says here, Willow Nightingale. Hell. Okay. Then we have ourselves a street fight. Juice Robinson versus Fred Rotzer. Now, if you guys don't know, (coughs) 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 oh boy. Anyway, so okay, so if you guys don't know what's going on, there was there's the street fight. For those who are wondering, before I talk about this match, let me just refer to everybody about something. So, apparently, if you guys didn't know, I was wondering what the heck Fred Rosser was doing on his Instagram account. And I was first about to call him out and say, aren't you gay, Fred? Because if you guys didn't know, Fred Rosser did come out as a gay man. Now, before they all go hail me and say things like it uh, screw him or stuff or you swear so much, just understand. Don't get mad at me, okay? This just this is his decision, okay? Anyway, and I, as I was just trying to understand, I was about to call him out and saying, "Aren't you gay, Fred?" And then I just realized, oh, he's trolling the bejesus out of. Of uh, Juice Robinson by using his by using uh, Juice's wife, Tony Storm. Yeah, if you guys didn't know, uh, Tony Storm, despite that she came out bisexual, um, she actually married uh, Juice Robinson. So, um, so yeah, and I guess the only thing to do is to agitate Juice, because even though he's not on social media, and she is, so. Anyway, so, the street fight match, Juice Robinson versus Fred Rothster. The violence starts early on. Fred Rothster pounces on Juice and delivers the grapefruit claw to his nether region. <laughs> oh, Good grief. Oh, we already start there. <laughs> uh, Juice eventually comes back and begins joking Rosser with a belt. Juice drives Rosser through a door. The action spills out to outside the to the outside. Rosser dumps trash onto Juice and makes him bleed with a steel chair. Oh boy, Robinson used a Kendall set and tries to force feed <laughs> George Juice Cake from a trance. No, trying to 
Oh, wait. Try to force feed. <laughs> Yo, somebody needs to go. <laughs> somebody needs to recheck this. I think he's trying to say is, uh, Rob said he's using a candlestick. Tries to force feed a Rob Rosser cake from a trash can. Rosser hits Robinson with his steel chain. Blast him with a chair multiple times and choke him out with a chair. <laughs> Tony Storm enters the ring and tries to hit Rosser with the Rosser in, the, in that nether region. <laughs> but it says here, Rosser Rosser was wearing a cup. He planted a kiss on Storm and picks her up and up into a fireman's scare and that allows her uh, Robinson to hit him below the belt. Robinson Ross, <laughs> says here, Rosser traps Robinson into a chokehold, but Storm breaks a bottle on Rosser's head. Robinson sends Rosser through a door and then chop Rosser with a DDT on a chair for the win. So, Juice Robinson, I, so in other words, for those who are wondering, Juice Robinson annihilates Fred Rosser. <laughs> Good grief. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Alright, the next match says, okay, the next thing here it says, Kyle Fletcher reveals that Mark Davis is injured and cannot wrestle. As a result, all C Open can't defend the IWGP Tag Team Championship and New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion. They forfeit both the IWGP Tag Team Championship and the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Overweight Tag Team Championship. Bishimon faces half the Faces House of Torture at Dominion for both belts. Oof. <coughs> anyway, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Open Weight Championship. Kenta versus Hiku. Yeah. Uh. Hiku Leo nails Kenta with a big boot and controls the early portion of the bout. Kenta goes for a low blow, but Hiku But Hiku let's see. But yeah, Hiku Leo has scouted it. They brawl up the ramp and Kenta returns I himself, Hiku Leo, science Kenta back at first into the barricade and grabs a deal. Kenta sends Hiku Leo over the railing and crashes through a table below. Kenta makes a, his way back to the ring, but Hiku Leo fails to answer the 20 count. Winner and New Japan. And winner and new New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Openweight Champion Kenta. <laughs> Afterwards, Eddie Kingston appears on the trod and issues a challenge to the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Openweight Champion, whoever it may be. Kenta says he'll fight anytime, any place. And it says here, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong is heading to Japan. 
headed to Japan for Independence Day on July 4th and July 5th. Uh, <laughs> or probably heading back. I don't know. It's so confusing. Anyway, it says here, <laughs> the Blackpool Complex Club of John Moxley, Wheeler, Utah, and Shooter Yumino versus Chaos as Rocky Romero uh, never open weight six man tag team champions Kazukicha Okada and Tomohiro Ishii. <laughs> or it, or as Tafla would say, a a John Lux, John Luxley and his son Shooter. <laughs> or no, he'll say, or she say, John Moxley and her and his sons, Willow Utah and Shooter Yumino. <laughs> Believe me, <laughs> she's really weird. Anyway, it says here, Ishi and Yumino start the bout and trade strikes. Yumino takes a cheap shot at Okada, who tags it. Okada grounds Yumino, and Romero tags it. Eventually, the match breaks down. As the two teams brought Moxley Sam Romero onto the barricade and Yumino get rounds the veteran and they get a near fall with a heart attack. Ishii tags in and takes the flight to Moxley. Ishii takes over with a suplex and drops Moxley with a brain bu buster. Okada tags in and takes control. You you know Yumino catches Okada with a DDT. He, Okada gains the upper hand and slams Yumino. Moxley squares off with Okada and they trade blows. Uh, Okada sends Moxley to the outside with a drop kick. Yumino hits a neckbreaker, but Ishii nails him with a lariat. Chaos all jump on Yumino. Yuta drops Romero with a German suplex. They go back and forth. Ishii and Moxley trade blows. Akata nails Moxley with the Rainmaker. Yumino <laughs> wins, pitting, <laughs> pitting Romero at the Death Rider. <laughs> Winner, the Babu Kama Club of Enshuta Yumino. <laughs> oh, in other words, Moxley, Yuta, and Yumino won. <laughs> <coughs> anyway, now it says here Mercedes Monet hypes the main event in a backstage interview. Anyway, the next after that is the IWGP uh, United States title number one contenders tournament. It continues with Willow Spray versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Understand they're the winners will be facing off against uh, the winner who will be the number one contender to face off against Kenny Omega. So, <laughs> it says here, okay, it says here, yeah, it's World Osprey versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, it says here, Osprey takes control with a diving crossbody to the outside, grounds Tanahashi and maintains the advantage. Tanahashi rallies with a slam and dives onto Osprey for a two count. Osprey drills Tanahashi with a form and they trade blows. Osprey hits Tanahashi with a double stomp and Osprey gets a near fall with an os cutter. He hits the hidden blade and the stormbreaker for the win. 
Winner, Will Ospreay. Oh, so the main event was the... I was wondering what the heck's going on. So the main event was the tournament finals that crowned the, the inaugural New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Women's Championship. Okay, this makes a lot of sense. So, Mercedes Monet, Willow Nightingale, and this is Al Gwent. Willow and Mercedes squared off, getting a standing ovation from the crowd in Long Beach. No, no, well, no, well, no, duh. <laughs> I mean, you got, they're both favorites, duh. Monet dodges a splash, Willow powers Mercedes down with a pounce and takes control. Nightingale continues to overpower Monet and slams her to the mat. Willow locks in a Boston cad, but Mercedes reaches the ropes. Willow jumps Mercedes with the suplex. Monet fires up, but Willow fires back with two Dr. Bombs for the win. Nangale is very thankful after the match, noticing she had fought to get to the stage. She thanks everyone in this tournament and the fans and says this is only the beginner. Winner and new New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Women's Champion Willow Nightingale. And god dang it, from reading this I just got goosebumps. I just read the freaking main event, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> okay, so let me just talk about this. First of all, Sean, I hope John, I hope Robert fixed his mess because this is just yeah, this is just a complete other uh, mess. I mean, seriously, give me the damn. Get, let me see this better, would ya? Okay, now I want to point out something to everybody. Um, first of all, I will say that is a crazy move New Japan is doing, and not to mention decrowning their first ever strong. Women's champion. I mean, I mean that's really kind of crazy. Um, coming so far since the uh, since the uh, since the beginning, since the early years of New Japan, and I mean, it's kind of crazy to see this happening, and and not only that, seeing w- these women wrestlers do come on stage and no matter if they're from Japan or they're from the United States or they're from Mexico or the United Kingdom anywhere they come from these women should be definitely be looked at, at and tr- and be treated but I'm shocked that New Japan decides to put the ladies in the main event and, and I hope and I hope they, and I hope there will be more matches. But like I said, beginning in the first segment, I mean seriously, Tony Khan needs to take this notice right now. I mean, no offense, but Jake Cargill is like still getting stale. I mean, like unless it has to do with the ratings, then that is the most weirdest thing ever I have to hear. Sorry, you guys, um, for my coughing, but, uh, I'm a little bit wheezy. Uh, 
But anyway, <laughs> I will say that is the craziest thing ever, ever New Japan is doing. I mean, seriously, she definitely deserves this. Anyway, they show off the photos. So, I guess from what I see here, I guess Mercedes, her ring gear is, I guess it's been inspired by uh, Snow White. It, which is really kind of cool. She did that. But Willow's nice to go dressing up in the gold and the black. Because yeah, she she would never know if she was gonna win the title or not, so she so that's kind of crazy. <laughs> uh, that's crazy for uh, Mercedes and Willow how they both dress in the ring gears. <laughs> so, but anyway, I'm really happy for Willow. She definitely. I'm happy for Willow Nightingale. Definitely deserve it. But I'm shocked. It's a main event. I mean, I can't believe New Japan would do that kind of stuff. But they did. It's crazy. So, good for good for them, really. <laughs> I forgot that on today's date, May 23rd, it has been three years since Hanakimura's passing that really made the pro wrestling community flipped out. out. And mostly the one who is affected by the most of this And she was in her fourth year as a wrestler. Her mother there was Kyo, Kyoku, Kyoko Kimura. Uh, as much as I would say this, this, this was a very sad timing. What happened to the lead to the to the passing of Hannah Kimura is uh, was on Twitter and I saw uh, uh, I follow this pro wrestling fan artist who's also a pro wrestler herself. Uh, Tapla tweeted did and she was very much freaked out because there were people who were tweeting at Hannah. And they were bullying her. Tapla was trying to get rid of the Jux Hex. As far as I could say, that's what happening. That was happening. <sighs> Apparently, a lot of female pro wrestlers had also found out that Hannah was being bu bullied. And was concerned about her. Anyway, they reached out to Stardom.
um, who at that time was um, had Hannah as part of their uh, part of her roster, part of the roster. And sure enough, when somebody went to check on Hannah, uh, apparently she ended up passing away. Hey. Due to the fact that she was, in fact, bullied. Lead. Lead. But she had... Lead. Lead. It says here that she even, and I will say this strongly to those who are wondering, this is very sensitive words, but she was harming herself of and posting on Twitter and Instagram. And apparently the reason why this was happening Cyberbullying. The man who resides in Osaka Prefecture admitted to the allegations and was quoted by the police as saying he couldn't forgive Kimura's attitude on the program, referring to the Netflix show oh, known as Terrence House. It, for those who are wondering about Terrence House, Terrence House was once a uh, Netflix reality show similar to that of, of MTV's uh, Real World. Twenty twenty one, the Tokyo Prosecutor's Office has indicted the Osaka man for online abuse directed at Kimura, but was not obliged to face trial under the indictment, and is often in the case for relatively minor offenses in Japan. He was issued an order of nine thousand yen or in or that time eighty dollars US as fine. Mother has filed a suit seeking more than twenty thousand dollars U.S. damages from the man. On April fifth, twenty twenty one, Tokyo Metropolitan Police charged a second man in his late thirties for online abuse he sent to Kimura. Uh, Metropolitan Police Department said the second man from Fukai. Follow suit. I'm sorry. When asked why he did it, he said he was simply joining in with what he saw others doing on her site. In other words, the guy decided to. I decided to. The guy was a terrible follower in in this case you jump you do jump you up i don't know something like that anyway it's
court seeking damages around 2.94 million yen or 27,000 U.S. dollars at the time against a third man for causing emotional distress to her family. According to the lawsuit, the third man from Nagago Prefecture posted hateful messages about Kimura's death in twenty in May 2020. On May 19, 2021, the Japanese court As shocked as I can say this, I feel this was not enough. I mean, understand this is Japan, and and I wish they could do better. Uh, uh, for those who are wondering what led about them and to the bullying, there was reports saying that what took Hannah's, what led to upon Hannah's. Um, I'm not 100% sure how to say this. What led to Tana's to self-harm to her own deletion was that it stems to an episode of Terrace House where what happened was in the episode, Hannah's ring gear was accidentally being been uh, washed with other clothing that shouldn't be in, and by another roommate. Mm -hmm. That roommate did not say anything to Hannah, and because of that, it was not fully done, and I think it was washed and then tried, then ended up being dried or something, or just washed, and it ruined, and because of Hannah's ring gear, it kind of ended up being ruined for her, or because she, the ring gear was for her to be ready for the January 4th Tokyo Dome show that was taking place in 2020. I mean, understand this episode was recorded in, in, in December of 2019. I mean, apparently, what happened was because of what happened, she was very much upset and frustrated with the roommate. And she just, just simply just, you know, got mad and just didn't do much, much. I mean, I think she did something, but it was really just for something so petty and, and her being upset at the, apparently the toxicness of the Terrace House fans and went after Hannah uh, and uh, over something so petty, eh, because that something had to deal with between two house guests, which I finally just find it really weird. But for those Terrence House fans who went after Hannah, I hope that you all fried. And even though it's shame that Japan does not have a, a better strong stance about this kind of abuse. Yes, even though if this happening in the United States, oh, you know there's going to be more than just somebody have to pay a almost nearly almost towards fifty thousand U.S. dollars. I mean, raking in a lot more. <laughs> but anyway, I, I 
the whole entire, even though what happened was very disturbing and disgusting, but those who remember her the most, especially Cheeseburger, just remember how much, how she was. A fr a nice girl who loves pro wrestling and, and because she is falling into her mother's footsteps as being a pro wrestler. <sighs> but the one thing for sure, it broke, not only did it broke, not only the passing not only broke that Tafla, but it definitely broke that cheeseburger. Uh, since he was the one who was closest to her. And even though I'm pretty sure it also broke other pro other uh and And it really stings to this day. Especially for somebody like Cheeseburger. And anyway, he posted it four hours ago. says here, Love you and miss you every day. Rip Hannah Tan. And, and it's the photos of her and... It's the photos of him and her together. Anyway, there's been, anyway, on top of that, there's been a tribute show for Hannah Kimura that takes place every year since of her death. Eth, eth, with the first one called Mant Matinee, second one, Bagus, and they have a third one called Pinks. The third one, it just already went down as of today. A, a, anyway, the results from that show is this. It says here, Sarori Anu defeated Anyuki Tuxi in a singles match. Uh, Jaguar Yokota What the heck it says here? Oh, <laughs> it says here, Mineral Suzuki. And it says here, defeated by, I'm like, wait, what? It's actually Sakura Hirota, <laughs> who decided to call herself of QC Hanakimura. I'm like, really? By submission. In other words, it's he defeated, in other words, for those who are wanting, it's Uh, it's, there was a four-way tag team match between Sono Kato uh, and, uh, Ryo Mitsuni, who defeated Ren 
Kacho, Yuki Miyamoto, Kengo, and Minoru Tanaka, uh, uh, and Mayumi Ozaki, and Masato Hanakata. And Natsupori Natsu defeated Death Yamasan, Konam, Konami, and Rina. And the main event, a tag team match, had Asia, Kong, and Sori defeated Mika, Iwate, and Mio Mo. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Oh, Jamama, it's the wrestler who got. It's that wrestler who got released by WWE after they turned into a nightmare. So, I'm surprised Minoru Suzuki wrestled. Oh. <laughs> good for him. Shocking, but good for him. And then Suzuki defeated uh, Sakura Hirota uh, in a match. Uh. <laughs> anyway, um, so... Yeah, uh, for those who are wondering, it, in, by my from what happens, if you are being bullied on Twitter, I highly recommend you try to at least report the idiots who mess around. But if you feel like you're about, to, but you feel it's getting worse, I highly recommend to contact at the the um this the hotline. And, and for those who are living in the United States, they, there is the National Suicide hot, Hotline. Or if you do search on Google, oh, it's right there. It says here... If you Google search the National Suicide Hotline, it says help is available. Seek with someone today. It's 988, and they have it available. And it's available in English and Spanish. Otherwise, you can search to see if you're, if for any of your countries, uh, they have the number... But, but, like I said, and 
Um, but the reason why I'm just telling you guys about this is because of what's been happening ever since finding out about the passing of Hannah Kimura. Uh, and it broke the whole entire pro wrestling community. I mean, for the females, especially. So, I hope you guys do understand about that. So, it was, so, despite, um, despite that, Rip Hanakamura was trending on Twitter with marking of the third anniversary of Hanakamura's passing. And, um, apparently, somebody was responding to a tweet from a Twitter account co- called Unseen Japan. Um, they said, From the article, from the, from this Twitter tweet, it says here, Kimura Kyoko, mother of deceased pro wrestler Kimura Hana, has criticized popular anime Oshinoko for an, for an episode that mimics Hana's cyberbullying trauma, saying she doesn't approve of Hana Hana being used as free source material. Kimura Kyoko says. Attacking Kyoko online for the rebuke of uh, for the rebuke, accusing her of destroying anime. Hey, anyway, they also shared an article oh, that they were that was on their website and also to show off the. A source of tour wondering. Uh, I'm just giving you guys a very much of a warning to anybody. First of all, um, this is this is the anime they're referring to is Oshinoko and which I'm asking you guys to understand this is really kind of crazy but I will be mostly talking about this podcast there's on my other podcast anything else to add podcast with Lindsay Rogers where I will try to understand Um, anyway, my thoughts about, anyway, the plot, plot, the plot of the story, it has to deal with, um, it's, it's a, um, reincarnation of a, um, of a gynecologist as, and his, to a woman 
and a female, a Japanese, I guess a Japanese idol named Ai Hoshihino, who he admires without knowledge of the general public. It says here, however, the night of Ai's delivery, um, he was destroyed out out. And he reveals also, uh, and it's also been revealed that Ice, both of Ice's children are being were once formulated of of the guy in colleges who was set to deliver uh, to Ice's twins, as well as a regional of. And there are a lot of other things. Um, but for those who are wondering, I, like I said before, I will be talking about in this podcast. But for those who are um, kind of concerned about this, I first of all, I highly recommend to not go after Hannah Kamara's mother. There. Um, for those who went after her, for shame of you, really. Um, hopefully, if anybody can translate that, then she's Japanese. And tell them, like... You should be for, you should be for shame yourself, you know. You can't go attacking this woman, and even though yes, I have to agree that it is taking things straight out of Hannah's memories and what went down, but at the very same time, this was, I mean, this was really weird and awkward. Um, I would say that that. Is very, very disgusting to say the least. But I mean, will it be aired in the United States? I don't know because, as I, I have read so far, that they said they are planning to release. I mean, it's been licensed for it. it. I don't know. I will, like I said, I'll talk about this on my other podcast. But for those who are saying, is it? That Hannah Kumoto's mother is destroying anime. She's not really destroying anime. She's just upset about one episode from one show. Not all of anime. For those who are saying that, yeah, you need to stop it, okay? Hannah Kumoto's mother's just upset for one show, one episode. Not the whole entire, not the whole entire anime series is out there. I mean, how could you say that? So, that's so rude and disgusting and disappointing. So, bleh. Okay, okay. I know I am missing things out, but... Whew! I gotta talk to you guys about some crazy things. I know since we're in June right now, and I forgot to have this episode released, but bear with me. Um, Yeah, so there are things to talk about. First of all... So, I know you guys already know this, but those who haven't already, over in AEW, <laughs> I guess Tony Khan decides to pull the trigger and and get Jake Hudgill off of the <laughs> AEW 
you for TBS and instead of no longer having Jake Hergill as the champion <laughs> uh, if you do follow TBS network so who won the championship off of uh, Miss Cargill well it's none than Miss Chris Atlander <laughs> Chris is beating the crap out of Jade, who survived 60 cruel wins. Just to survive one more match she had, this time against uh, John Henning's uh, wife, Taya Valkyrie. God damn her. <laughs> and still beat her. But then all of a sudden, Jade's like, who can... Who's going to try to go up against me? And then all of a sudden, Chris Stratlin came out. She went right after Jade. Kick her butt a little bit. And then, as soon as she was down, Chris gone for the th- Chris gone for the pinfall. One, two, three. Chris Stratlander is the uh, <laughs> TBS champion. So, yeah. <laughs> I was like... Finally, listen, no offense to Jay Cargill. I know that you are definitely a worthy champion, but I mean, seriously, it was, seriously, Tony was, Tony was making this really kind of bad, but a lot of people are saying, well, why wasn't it Tay Cont, sorry, sorry, Miss Just Tay, I forgot, I can't call her by that name, or I can't call her t- the other last name, Melo or Conti. Just referring to her as just taste, eh? Because she is Sammy Guevara's little, little uh, ring rat. <laughs> and I know fans are saying, why isn't just a not given for the title? Uh, because that little Miss Ring Rat, she's pregnant. Yeah, I know. Everybody's like, what? Why? Uh, Sammy just, do you know what he did? Ooh. Yeah. And, um, I know some others were saying, what about Penelope Ford? Uh, I think Penelope Ford's also pregnant. Sorry. <laughs> At least I'm not mad about that one. I'm glad that Penelope's got. I'm glad that her and, and Kip Sabian are going to become parents. I'll 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 vouch for that because I never actually I'll just tell you like I never seen how much happiness that Penelope is. I mean, with Kip Sabian, and hey, you know Kip's the really good. He's really good, not just being as a wrestler, but as a gamer as well. I'll just say that. I, and it's really kind of crazy that I'm out there defending out Kip Sabian and uh, Penelope Ford. I know people are like, oh, I don't like Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. I'm like, why can't you go? No. no. Mm-hmm. Nope. It's done. So that's why I'm more happy for um, Penelope and Kip over uh, Just Tay and Sammy. 
Okay. So at least we we'll don't at least we won't see them anymore. <laughs> or whatever. And uh even though even though I would say this, yeah, this all started because, you know <laughs> when Brainy and Cody whew, well Brainy was pregnant with it and it's been what? Two years? Even now he's now they're both in WWE now even though Cody signed with WWE. I mean, they actually really did something really cool. I mean um seeing that Cody gets to travel in a uh comfort of a bus with his family. Like so Brandy doesn't need to even though Brandy d- knows that she can keep an eye on Libby and go and and still go with Cody no matter what except for when they have to go into different places is that he has to go outside the US but she's fun with that really like she's even though she's kind of a little jealous but that's brandy for you and I'm very much happy for um much seeing brandy even though they have gone are showing Libby, and oh my god, she is so cute. She is definitely a mm, she definitely looks like Brandy. And they, I see her, I see Cody, and her, <laughs> and she is so cute. Like, bless, bless Brandy and Cody, all right. I mean, I'm really happy to see the, the two of them like that. At and that how much they have a cute child in Libby Iris. And I'm just saying that. I'm just saying this. this. And I hope whoever whoever comes into our life would treat her very well as much as anybody could. I mean, <laughs> I mean, look how crazy it is for, uh, well, <laughs> her, um, her cousin said, uh, Dakota, uh, uh, who, yes, I'm talking about, uh, Cody's, uh, brother, Dustin, um, uh, yeah, half-brother, I should say, um, his daughter, their, um, Dakota had recently gave birth, and so, so precious, so cute, it's a li- he said to Lestenko, and uh, Dustin's really happy that he is a grandpa. Uh, so, cheers to the Rhodes family. Um, but yeah, uh, I know a lot of wrestling stuff about that with baby news and stuff. And also because of what's going on with AEW. So yeah, some other things are talking about. Um, I know how there's still wars going on, but then, of course, I also find out that, I guess the rumors have been circulating, and it's now been kind of confirmed. Ye old Phil Brooks is back. <laughs> back. And what does that mean for the elite? Well, as far as I can tell you right now, I don't know, really. I mean, I don't know how the heck Tony Khan has this have this okay, but god dang, god dang, god dang, god dang. I mean, for some reason, I don't know why or how, but 
I I don't know if Tony I don't know if Tony has I don't know if Tony has done some crazy stuff, but this is far ridiculous. I mean, I never ever since the whole entire fiasco uh, last that started last year uh, with uh with stuff and dogs being then somebody hurting uh, uh, Phil's dog, Larry. I mean, seriously. I mean, uh, or maybe somebody was protecting the dog. I mean, seriously. So, bottom line is, yes, I know it's crazy enough, but has but has Tony Khan really think this would work? I don't know. And then, of course, I know this is a crazy huge roundabout of talking about wrestling, mostly about AEW and stuff. And then, of course, I have a fear going on, and the fear may be happening. And it has to do with ye old Claudio Castagnoli. <laughs> uh, nah, I'm just kidding around. Anyway, good old Claudio. <sighs> I Even though, am I mad that he is the heel? Kind of. But am I glad that he's still reigning as the Ring of Honor champion? Yes. But then, of course, there's something that is bothering me. And that is, well, Claudio's former tag team partner slash former trainer. Yeah, so when I say former tag team partner, I, I could talk about a lot. Maybe it could be about Sheamus or it could be about Jake Hager. No. This goes beyond that. And that is, is his former tag team partner and who is also his former trainer Chris Hero and I'm about to call drag down the Fightful crew oh, oh, sans Sean Rossette because I know he hasn't he hasn't been much involved in this but he but even though he's kind of promoting this out I'm going to have to sh- I'm dragging the rest of his his weirdos and what I mean by, well, let's me tell you. Well, I am really calling them out for this. And this is an obvious. I say this. All right. Okay, you know what? I'm going to say something here. Um, I was going to talk about the Fightful article, but... Uh, it's some bad news, y'all. I just have to talk tell you guys this. Uh, it's time. It's time. How do I say this? Is he would type? Usually, he would type this when somebody, another wrestler, passed away. He would say, he would end up saying, "Rest in peace, Ace, whoever it was. It is with you forever, Bubba." Referred <laughs> to the Iron Sheik because. Today, Iron Sheik had passed away. Hey, so we have to respect the legend forever. <laughs> yep. How this happened? Well, I got a notification saying that uh, Iron Sheik had just passed away. And apparently, the. <laughs> oh, look, somebody. Oh, look, Jimmy's famous seafood. Out in, um, what is it? They're located in Maryland, and they ship nationwide. Anyway, they tweeted at the, when they heard this, Rest in peace, Bubba. Make them all humble in heaven. <laughs> uh, 
anyway, this is posted, I guess, on behalf of Irish Sheik, a, a uh, family, probably. A. Anyway, it's written on a on a notes here. Anyway, they says here, remembering the Iron Sheik. Today we gather our heavy hearts and bid farewell to a true legend, a force of nature, an iconic figure who left an incredible mark on the world of professional wrestling. It was a great sadness that we shared the news of the passing of the Iron Sheik. We also take solace knowing that he departed in this world peacefully, leaving behind a legacy that would endure for generations to come. Beyond the wrestling persona that the world knew, so well, the Iron Sheik was a devoted family man. He cherished the love and support of his wife of 47 years, Carol, who stood by his side through thick and thin, offering unwavering encouragement throughout his life. Their bond was an anchor, providing him the strength to face the challenges that life presented. To his children, Tanya, Nikki, Marissa, and son-in-law, Eddie, he was not just a wrestling icon. He was a loving and dedicated father. He instilled them in the values of perseverance, determination, and the importance of following their dreams. The Iron Sheik's guidance and unwavering belief in their potential served as the driving force of his ch- for, for his children, empowering them to become the best versions of themselves. The Iron Sheik's love also extended to his grandchildren, Marissa, Zara, Alex, yeah, Alexis, and yeah. (sighs) Sorry, let me try this again. The Iron Sheik's love also extended to his grandchildren, Marissa, Zara, Alexis, Chloe, and Nico, who brought uh, an immeasurable joy into his life. As a doting Papa Sheik, he cherished every moment spending with them, creating memories that will last forever, that will be forever be treasured. He shared his wisdom, humor, and zest for life with his grandchildren, leaving incredible impression on their hearts. The Iron Sheik, whose real name was Hosin Cosgrove Ali Vasari, transcendent to the realm of sports entertainment. With his larger-than-life persona, incredible charisma, sorry, and unparalleled in-ring skills, he captive audience around the globe. He was a trailblazer, breaking barriers, and paving the way for a diverse range of wrestlers who follow his footsteps. Beyond the glitz and glamour of the square circle, the Iron Sheik was a man of immense passion and dedication. He embodied resilience. He overcame countless challenges in his life, both inside and outside of the rest outside the wrestling ring. He his journey from a small village in Iran to become one of the most recognizable figures in the world of wrestling is a testament to his unwavering determination. However, it was not just his in-ring prowess that defined him. The Iron Sheik was a beloved figure who was known for his humor, his larger-than-life personality, and his ability to connect with fans on a personal level. He embraced his role as a heel, becoming one of the most notorious villains in wrestling history, but he also won the hearts of millions with his charm and affectionate 
spirit. In the realm of family, love, and friendship, the Iron Sheik's bond with his nephews, Paige and Dian Nagin, was unparalleled. They recognized the significance of their uncle's legacy and worked tirelessly to ensure his impact was never forgotten. They dedicated themselves to preserving being his legacy, celebrating the accomplishments, and sharing his story with the world. The unwavering commitments showcase their profound love and respect they have for him. These devoted nephews poured their hearts in honoring their uncle and any every single day, reflecting the profound love and, and admiration they hold for him. They understand the influence he had on other had on countless lives and embraced the responsibility of caring for his legacy. Through their heartfelt dedication, they ensured that the Iron Sheik's impact would continue to resonate for generations to come. <sighs> Sorry about this. Throughout his career, the Iron Sheik became a cultural phenomenon, transcending the realm of professional wrestling as to become a pop culture icon. His memorable catchphrases and unforgettable moments are etched into the memories of fans worldwide. He left an incredible mark in the industry, and his influence can still be felt in the world of wrestling today. As we bid farewell to the Iron Sheik, let us remember him not only for his athletic prowess, but also so for the joy and inspiration he brought into our lives. His legacy will continue to live on in the hearts and minds of fans, as well as the <laughs> annals of wrestling history. To his family, friends, and all those who were touched by his larger-than-life presence, we offer our deepest condolences. May you find solace in the knowledge that the Iron Sheik's legacy will forever be cherished and celebrated. Rest in peace, dear Sheik, and thank you for the memories. Respect the legend. Anyway, <laughs> his tweets are so crazy. <laughs> Even though he swears so much. tweets and stuff and this is pretty funny <laughs> he says uh, there's some tweets I don't know if it was by him or his t 
team did this. I don't know who was running the Twitter account. It says here, when I run for president, Bubba, the other sheik, <laughs> and his catchphrase is, F the Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Let's see. Um <laughs> I'm just seeing some tweets how this happened. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what the heck? Somebody says here, what celeb would be an official character in GTA 6? <laughs> Go tweet it. <laughs> Iron Sheik says, the Rockstar games need to give the people what they want or make them humble. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be funny if they do that. <laughs> in the in, in loving memory of the Iron Sheik. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> oh man, he's got a lot of tweets he shared, especially on Hulk Hogan. He says Hulk Hogan. Talk is cheap. I break your neck and when you when you are ready when you ready <laughs> Oh look, this is a tweet he says here. Yeah, chic. Tina Turner, I love you with all my heart. The song best true for you. God bless you forever. I love you. Oh no. Oh, oh no! Oh, no! 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 Somebody tweeted this out. Oh, kill grief! No way! Well. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> No, he did not tweet it then. Irishik says here, America runs on Dunkins and Jabronis. Oh dear lord. <laughs> that should be that should be a quote out. <laughs> that should be on shirt <laughs> or something. <laughs> 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 oh my god. No way you tweeted this. He says here, wake the F up and suplex somebody. Hashtag Monday Motivation. Oh my god, he tweeted that last month. Anyway, yeah, I know. I'm laughing so much to seeing the tweaks, f tweets of uh, the Iron Sheik. I, I, it's pretty funny. I can't believe he said this. Oh, wait, he also tweeted this one about after Jerry Springer's passing. He says here, Jerry Springer, I love you forever, Bubba. This reminds me that you were the legend of the earth, like the Iron Sheik. God bless you forever. <laughs> yeah, but here's something in Iron Sheik. We will love you forever, Bubba. Uh, you're the best thing going on Twitter. <laughs> 
We will always love you forever. Oh, oh boy. Anyway, let me read you some tweets some of those who are reacting. Uh, Rodriguez says he... <laughs> oh, no, he did not. <laughs> uh, Ricardo Rodriguez, who still has the Twitter account, he says, Ripped the Iron Sheik. It was an honor. And for myself and at and at the Pride of Mexico, we want to say thank you for the memories. Oh, Caramba, caramba, he did not do what I think he did. He tagged in Pride of Mexico, which is Alberto Alberto Rio or Alberto El Patron. I ended up blocking um him because of what he said. Uh, Booker T tweeted out, My thoughts and prayers go out to the family of the Iron Sheik. He's one of the very best ever do it. Godspeed. Evil Uno tweeted, Rip the Iron Sheik. <laughs> uh, PWI tweeted out, Bon voyage, Sheiky baby. Anyway, uh, Major League Wrestling tweeted out, uh, they're, uh, they are saddened to hear the passing of the Iron Sheik. And he says, for legend. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dean Mohati, also known as, Mo, formerly known as Modurali, tweeted out, Sheik was one of the greatest to ever do it. A true legend, and it was an honor to meet him. I was nicknamed the Iron, nicknamed Iron Sheik when I was in the Carnals as a tribute to him. We're going to miss you. Mm. <laughs> Arda Cal tweeted, Rip Sheiky, baby. <laughs> War says, Rest in power, Iron Sheik. You will be missed. <laughs> Anyway, there's a lot of people who are tweeting about this. <clears throat> so. <sighs> right, Zane, who tweeted out, Rest in peace, Bubba. <laughs> Um, for those who are wondering, yeah, the Iron Sheik was not just more than a heel. He was a really kind guy. Actually, I seen a tweet at one time from somebody who met him. Who was it? I'm thinking. Oh, crud. That's right. Chris Hero. Oi. I... <laughs> <laughs> I nearly almost had my head. I almost had to do a double take. What he, I think it was him who tweeted it. Anyway, 
a uh Chris really was the one who actually yet met Yan Sheik and it was really kind of crazy but uh it's really unusual to say the least. Um I I know this is very shocking indeed, but the I mean this guy tweeted any any thing, especially because he always tell Hulk, he always said F Hulk Hogan <laughs> and, um, you know I'm trying not to swear at least but <laughs> you have to understand what, what I'm saying because you know, it's Iron Sheik so anyway, Iron Sheik always ends up saying for those who pass away he said uh, we'll, we'll miss you, it's like yeah we will love you. He said, I will love you forever. For rest in peace, Bubba. <laughs> so, I should have tweeted this out. Quote tweeted the uh, tweet from the uh, Twitter account and say this. <clears throat> rest in peace, East. <laughs> rest in peace, Sheik. We will love you forever, Bubba. No, that was the girl. We will miss you forever. We'll miss you forever, Bubba. No, we will love you forever, Bubba. Uh, rest in peace, I chic. Respect the legend. <laughs> and we will miss him very dearly. Um, everybody in the pro wrestling community. Well, those who met him and those who joined his tweets. Because, you know, it's sad enough how this happened. But... We will miss Iron Sheik. Rest in peace. Good sir. Uh, I did not want to... Even though I mentioned about Chris Hero and... I know this is so bad, but... I really want to drag, um... Fightful for their stupid... Um... I know their stupid article and podcast that even though I can't drag in um, Sean Ross Sapp for this mess but he kind of retweeted this and for those who tweeted about this yeah shame for you all it's really garbage hmm? wait and also hold up Wait a moment, what the heck? No, as far as I can tell, that's not according to what CM Punk wanted. Oh, jeez. Uh, anyway, before I go blast them about this, about the Chris Hero article, I'm reading this article just posted, uh, re- so he says here, Claudio Castanoli responds to John Moxley saying that he was a Nick and not integral part of the S.H.I.E.L.D. Really? It says here, Claudio Castanoli and John Moxley's history together goes well beyond the Blackpool Combat Club. From November 2012 until June 2014, John Moxley was one of the was one 
was in one of the professional wrestling's most iconic factions, the Shield. At the time, the man known then known as Dean Ambrose, was on a path that would eventually see him as crowned as WWE champion. His journey to AEW, however, wasn't taken alone. In addition to Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, Moxley had stated that Castanoli, then Cesaro, and Brian Danielson, then Daniel Bryan, were also integral parts of the Shield. Speaking with Sports Illustrated, Castanoli, who is the ring. Ring of Honor champion, wrapped to, to Moxley's comment, saying, sharing the t- that the two of them were riding together long before John called up to the shield. To the sh- oh, oh, so this is before, but that was when they were in what FCW? You the you which became NXT? Uh, this is so weird. He says, for John to say we were like an extra members is very kind. I was writing with John before he got the call up with the Shield, but that was on the road for almost a year. Then we were all writing together when they became the Shield. So our way it has been intertwined for a long time. I learned a lot from John, and we have a lot of memories from the road. We were joking yesterday before the show about the two of us walking around Tokyo looking for a wrestling store or, uh, on our first dirty tour in Japan. And now we're doing here as we do best in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Casanoli said. Uh, elsewhere, during the interview, audio discusses New Japan Pro Wrestling debut. Click here for the comments. Okay. Okay, so let me clarify this. I had no idea that Claudio... I didn't know that Claudio was going was gonna to be part of that. But as far as I can tell you... Um, please, don't get mad at me. But what the article said... I even though I'm probably going to read the Sports Illustrated article, but for those who are wondering, I don't think there was a plan for having Claudia. But I think what he's saying was he was sort of, but um, that's because he uh was he actually uh was training with um with uh Mox and Rollins. As I see in the photos before, uh, before how they were treating them awful. Um, anyway, and but, but it was even though the truth is that was not how I had heard about who who was making plans of the shield. The idea of the shield was created by CM Punk, according to him, on his ex-best friend's podcast, The Art of Wrestling with Colt Cabana. The plan was, originally, to have four guys who were actually part of the Indies. It's CM Punk, Chris Hero, oh, Seth Rollins, and John Moxley. And that that time for Hero and Moxley, Dean Ambrose, and Cassius Ono. But it was, but the plan was kind of changed because it was revealed that Triple H took that ideal and said, "We're not going to put you there or Chris Hero. Oh, we're going to put it in Roman Reigns." I'm like, "What?" 
Are you kidding me? Ugh. I'm like, that was the case then. Yikes. <laughs> oh, and I see here, this is an article talking to Seth Rollins and uh, Rowan Reigns. But the only thing is, there was no mention. Let me see here. Look here. Uh, so, it says here, how an orderly training session laid, laid the foundation for the shield. Oh, jeez. Oh, this was from last year. Why am I reading this from last year? This, oh, this is not looking good. Wow, that, why didn't they do an article about this when the article came out last year? God dang Well, <laughs> oh, here's something, Bobby, Bobby, here's something, Bobby Fish shares who came up with the Red Dragon and why the DR is capitalized. Bobby Fish shares the story behind the Red Dragon name. For over 10 years, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly had teamed together under the name under the name of Red Dragon in pr promotions such as Ring of Honor, New Japan, and AEW. Although all these years later, some are still confused about the meaning of the name and why D and R are in the middle are capitalized. Speaking with True Heel Heat Wrestling, Fish shared how he came up with the name in sentence of the two capitalized letters. The name was me. I was reading a book and at the time, and it was something I took from the book. It was Red Dragons with an S, but I shorted it to just Red Dragon, and I thought because Colin and I both did martial arts and we were trying to be healed, so a couple of extra details layered that we were things as a kid growing up that I love about wrestling were the details. And so... And so, I figure, okay, Red Dragon. Anything Dragon is very, you know, commercialized. American martial artsy, you know. So anything Dragon, they're going to think, oh, these guys, you know, these two karate guys think they're Dragons. And you know, Red Dragon. I don't don't know. It's, it just sounds, oh, I can't say this word. Uh, he's, I'll just say it, replace it with dumb to me. I was it. I was like, it's perfect, and then we're trying to, I'm trying to come up with a way to, like, you know, design the look, and I realized, oh my god, there's a D and an R simultaneously dispelling next to each other. <laughs> there's each other. <laughs> wait, so it's admitting, so wait, he admits this? Hold up. Davey Richards, it's perfect. 
it, 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 it's perfect. It'll be all lowercase capitals. We're capitalized in DNR, and we're never going to acknowledge it. We're never ever going to say that's what it is. Let people come to their own conclusion, he said. He was continuing elaborating on why it was just shocked to Dean Richards. Actually, some people have thought it was about Davy Richards. Hurts. Anyway, I mean, that was truly what it was because the way we're coming into things was through a feud with David Richards and it was Kyle's bone to pick with David Richards. So it's kind of that shot at David and putting it and it put, you know, oh, oh. And I think it was putting some heat and some steam on the thing unspoken, but with. Ring of Honor fans between me and Dee gave us a bone connection because, you know, here I kind of, you know, influenced his guy to, you know, further to get away from him. So, yeah, I mean, it was just fun until, la- like, later into those details. So much fun, Fish said. <laughs> oh, that's hilariously... I knew it was about Davy Richards. It's because I had heard about this truthfully and it was like really crazy. I mean, I had heard, I mean, there were fans who were saying it was just because of, um, it was because of him, Davy Richards. And I was like, really? <laughs> Crazy. Okay. I know I was supposed to say something right now, but more about Fightful articles. But right now, I have to share you guys this information because I was on Twitter and all of a sudden thing when it says for you I just found out something that I am very horrified to hear and shocked to say here but I'm reading this statement from AEW according to the Twitter account BJ Whitmer has been terminated following his arrest on domestic um violence charges while talent and staff are ultimately responsible for their own actions, this behavior is intolerable within AEW. AEW has reached out, out to offer support to those impacted by his behavior. Anyway, to so. For those who are wondering, I have the article courtesy of Fightful. Oh, oh, the art, it was written by Gizibut Guzo, who says here, AEW terminates BJ Whitmer after arrest for domestic violent charges. BJ Whitmer has been arrested. The AEW producer was arrested on the evening of June 4th by the Boone County Sheriff's Department in Boone, Kentucky. 
Kentucky, Boone County, Kentucky. Winmer has been charged with strangulation in the first degree and burglary in the second degree. The first degree offense covers situations where one person chokes another and causes the injury in the process. Burglary in the second degree refers to non-residential burglaries. A bond amount of $25,000 was set with Whitmer bound to a ground jury. He was released on June 12, 2023. The release or his comments in the final state final release. And it says we're here. And it says here, Fightful will continue to monitor the situation and provide any updates as more information becomes available. Whitmer is best known for his time in Ring of Honor, where he's a four-time tag team champion. He has been with AEW since 2019, working in backstage capacity, and has been credited by the likes of Anna Jay for his help with the women's division. My thoughts about this is, I can't believe this is happening. Now, I'm very, very, I, I'm very much disturbed by this. Now, I had found out in, out in, I think I mentioned this in probably in previous seasons. I'm not 100% sure. But then in the past, BJ Whitmore had dealt with issues regardless. This, and he was in, when he was on social media, but apparently his account have he had terminated, he had deleted his account out before things went to heck, and I guess because the pro wrestling community would have gone after him. So I don't know how much I would say this, but it's very sad this is happening to um. Very bad happening to him, and even I'm much horrified. Now, some people who saw this, um, saw this tweet from AEW, um, mentions about Shampunk's buddy H Steel. I'm like, what does H Steel have to do with BJ Whitmer's release? And to be honest. Either it's they're being trolls or the fact is they're completely dumb as heck. And besides of that, um, what happened with A Steel uh, has nothing to do with what happened to what really happened to BJ Whitmer. Um, so Southern must have went down and um, with Whitmer in. Kentucky, and as far as I can say, yeah. I don't know if there's any much details about this, but I mean, as far as I can say, I can check out I could look into the news <sighs> I don't know if they'll report it. And I'm surprised this was, was what, back in June 4th? I'm just good. Well, okay. She wrestles zone is reporting this. 
I just want to see any local news have covered this. But anyway, um, I'm very shocked and very much disappointed in B.J. Whitmer to do something like this. And I don't know how, what else I should say. I mean, for those, but for those who are thinking, mentioning of A. Steel, A. Steel has nothing to do with, um, B.J. Whitmer being arrested or B.J. Whitmer being fired. Alright, okay. Uh, it was very shocking that somebody mentions about that. Um, the reason why is because they're dumb as heck. And, uh, and I will say this. B.J. Whitmer, uh, no, no. A. Steel, what happened to A. Steel is not, it is not have to do with much of BJ Whitmer. Okay? For those who are wondering what happened to A Steel, A Steel got fired because of his involvement with, um, his involvement, what happened, courtesy of his buddy boy, A. Phil Brooks, aka CM Punk. When, he, when, um, he kind of, he kind of freaked out. Now, now, for some reason... I don't know why some Twitter users were mentioning of Ace Steel when Ace knew he sunk himself of as well as his buddy boy a Phil because of what Phil done because even though I'm very upset that whatever Tony's trying to do is not enough for what he has done and I don't know why the pro community I don't know the why the pro wrestling community is all right with this. When I mean, the fact is, after what he did, it had, and very and making me very upset because he said something about Colt Cabana, which has nothing to do what went down. Um, but he could have said something more politely. And saying about when somebody was asking him about that, he should say, "I will not at want to talk about that. I do not want to do that." But instead, he went off, and it was very and it was very wrong. Oh, now there are some other things are flying out, but I don't know why. Somebody's tweeted about A Steel when A Steel has nothing to deal with BJ Whitmer's arrest. And far as I can tell you right now, um, 
I don't know. I just don't know what to say. But anyway, <sighs> anyway, so that's much I can say about this, but I will keep you guys updated as soon as possible. Okay, okay. Actually, I should look in this podcast, but I'm going to let you guys not have that happen after finding out what happened to um, BJ Whitmer. And no, I'm going to end this on a good note for you guys. So, a lot of you wrestling fans don't know about something happened last night on AEW Rampage. Apparently, I guess in true fashion, Tony Khan decided to steal something off of well, Impact Wrestling thing. When um, he decides to book Mark Briscoe and yes, his father teaming up with Aubrey Edwards Against Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, and Jarrett's wife Karen. <laughs> but understand, neither over. Understand this: all your Edwards and Karen Jarrett do not know how to wrestle. Okay, despite that, Aubrey has probably watched everybody be wrestling, and I'm pretty sure she has been trained by somebody. And Karen, on the other hand, you know. <laughs> Anyway, um, so yes, my thoughts about this is it's really kind of crazy that this is happening. Um, now, understand, this is also, let me explain, this is not the first time, uh, Mark's father actually, and yes, it is Papa Briscoe, it's not the first time Papa Briscoe ever wrestled in a wrestling ring. First time, actually, it was in, it was in Ring of Honor. And this is before Tony Khan ended up acquiring the um the wrestling uh company off of Sinclair. Now this is w- back in what 2012? I would say no, a little bit further than that. Understand this happened around 2000. I think it was 2010. Yeah, it was actually 2000. not referring to WWE or like since the since Ring of Honor and the good old days of the indie scene and who's also his former trainer Chris Hero and I think it was I think it was Shane Hagedorn or Sarah Del Rey 
I think it was Shane Hagedorn. Yeah. That's who they wrestled. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think I think the Briscoe, oh, I think the Briscoe men came out on top. Up. Um, I think that's when it was the first time, or was it? I don't know. Uh, it's like you have to delve into the uh, old Ring of Honor uh, videos on YouTube because I don't know. <laughs> I think it's probably on the, uh, I think it's probably available on the, uh, on that, uh, whatever platform Tony Khan's been now platform pr promoting, god dang it, <laughs> I mean, seriously, I think we need to have, I, I, unless, unless Tony's gonna have a huge, uh, video log of, of the best of, uh, Muck, and Jay Briscoe, I mean, seriously, I would love to see how that happened, and, but yeah, that's what I was trying to say, so, yeah, so, and it's very funny, now, uh, <laughs> so, just let you guys know that is the, uh, the case, now, understand, and who ends up winning this, um, if you guys haven't go see it, I'll go watch it right now. And for the spoilers, yeah, it was that Mark Briscoe, Papa Briscoe, and, uh, Aubrey Edwards defeated Jay Leaf for Jeff Jarrett and Karen Jarrett. <laughs> but it was pretty funny because, um, the reason why it, it, this is, I know a lot of you guys think this is ridiculous. No, it's pretty funny because is um because of what you guys end up seeing is what happened. I mean, for those who are wondering why did this led to it, um, it's because um this is the weird stuff Tony Khan ended up doing. But at the very same time, um. <laughs> I mean, this is straight out of the from Impact Wrestling. Um, I just didn't remember who it was. It was one of the referees who took on against. I think it was Eric Young. Ugh. It. And by the way, it was just pure chaos. It was just real chaos. But uh, seeing Aubrey Edwards out there, I mean, yeah, that's. I know someone said, "Oh, it's stupid. It's trash." No, it's not. Uh, if you stop thinking of, and, and be, stop you literally about AEW, you understand what the heck is going on. Uh, Alright? <laughs> it was pretty, it was just pretty funny to see this happening um, to Aubrey and Aubrey Edwards to go out there and, you know, show. Now, I don't know who actually trainer her. <laughs> I mean, because if you guys don't know, there are some referees who actually know how some knows how to wrestle. One of them actually being Bryce Rensburg. Um, <laughs> I just, I think Bryce knows how to wrestle. Just don't, just don't have him to, okay? Um, I just, now, <laughs> I mean, yes, I mean, there are, I think there are some wrestling thing wrestling schools out there who are in fact um promoting not only one have wrestlers they are trained 
uh, managers, and even referees. So understand where I'm coming from. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Um, for those who are wondering, yes, that's what it was. Um, <laughs> so, So, anyway, so yes, um, so yes, <laughs> and by the way, I also should tell you something, Audrey Edwards also posted that she, about her nails, I always, I'll just admit this, every time I see her, she always shares off her nails, and by the way, the glitter, ooh, girl, you did good, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so yeah, now, <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't know if there's anything else I could look into. I mean, I know that the pro. I know that the. Uh, oh yeah. So upon that, uh, you know, there are some. I also want to mention one other thing. Now I don't know if this is going to be happening, um, but. I want to let you guys know that probably in starting up in the next podcast, I'm going to try to feature out some wrestling fans here onto my podcast so you guys can go ahead and check it out, um, who post a lot about, um, about, uh, everything has to do with their passion about pro wrestling, um, I, it, it, no matter who it is, I mean, you know, you could check them out. You could also check out wrestlers who I recommend too, because after all, I mean, I'm turning this. I mean, this is all about. I mean, I felt like I misled you guys, but I do talk about wrestling news as a wrestling fan, perspective, and on top of that, you know, that's how it is. Yes. <laughs> So, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, um, and, uh, yeah, I hope you, and I will see you guys in the next one. Until then, bye for now. Bye!